Welcome to another episode of the YXC Sports Podcast. We are back. We took a little one-week hiatus, but we're back for episode 66. Big thanks to everybody tuning in, watching live on Winter Clark's Classic Grill and Bar's Facebook page, the YXC Facebook page, YXC Sports Podcast Facebook page, and no YXC. See, we took a week off, right? We I'm did. a little rusty. You are. Exactly. Rusty. One week off, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's all it takes. You're like the reliever. you got to get in every game yeah. or else yeah. it's just not the same. Exactly. But we are back. We are back live <laughs> at Wendell Clark's uh, Classic Grill and Bar. A little bit of a nicer day out today than it was on the weekend. Saturday was, was, was nice. But yeah, Saturday was um, nice. But this uh, May the 3rd, May the 3rd yeah. our, our drop date here, that was fantastic. So that was that was good. And more to come. So that's yeah, great. Exactly. Yep. So we're kind of into the nice weather. We're out of... April, right? It's the yep. age-old thing. April showers bring May flowers, so yep. we hope that's true. We do have a lot to get to tonight. We're going to talk about the CFL draft. we got some NFL, some NHL stuff coming up. But first, I want to give a shout-out to the U9 Bobcat Rebels. So you'll see on the table for everybody watching the live stream is the Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar Community Assist Cup. And what that is is that it is given to minor hockey teams that do great things in the community. So for 2020, 2021, which was a challenging time for everybody, the U9 Bobcat Rebels are the winner of the Community Assist Cup. And uh, I was told from one of Clark's Classic Grill and Bar earlier today that um, they went to the old folks' home when they were able to and yep. talked with the uh, people in there, uh, gave cards, dropped off cards at the old folks' home. So Good. a great job uh, for the well U9 Rebels. Bobcat Rebels. So well done. They are this Good year's mention. winners of the Wendell Clark's uh, Community yep. Assist Cup. The Canadian Football League draft, Ray Morrison, is yep. tomorrow. And the Hamilton Tiger Cats are on the clock. They have the first overall selection. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders are picking second. Yep. So looking at the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, you know, where do you kind of go? Do you go offensive line? Do you go defense? Both are kind of areas that you need to address um, because of uh, situations in CFL free agency. You look at defense, you lost Charleston Hughes. Solomon Elmimian retired. Mm. He lost a couple of O-linemen. Dakota Shepley, of course, is with the NFL's yep. San Francisco 49ers. Darius Bladdock is no longer with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So if you're Jeremy O'Day, he says that they have a name in mind, but where would you go if you're Jeremy O'Day? Well, it was interesting because our buddies at Three Down Nation, Justin Dunk and I, we work together on uh, Canada West football broadcasts. So I know Justin uh, quite well. Uh, John Hodge and J.C. Abbott, they did a mock draft. And one of the things about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders you'll notice is when they add a guy like Brett Boyko, they know that there's a lot of mileage to something like that because he's a local guy, right? So on the defensive side of the ball in this mock draft, one of the names that had come up was Nelson Lacombo, the defensive back for the Saskatchewan Huskies. And when you think about it, a guy that can return, can do some stuff on special teams, a non-import player, that might not be a bad way to go because everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of people, uh, including the people in Three Down Nation uh, uh, segment that I listened to, pretty well of the mind that Nelson Lacombo could easily be in the top five of this draft. So if you're the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and number two and you're Jeremy O'Day and you really understand the culture of the Rider Nation and you know the mileage you get from bringing players in that fans are familiar with, that might not be a bad way to go. Well, we saw last year the Saskatchewan Rough Riders stayed in the province, and they selected Husky guard Matlin Riley, yep. right, in the 2020 yep. CFL draft. So wouldn't that be awesome for Nelson Lacombo, who has worked out all winter uh, with his brother, Bo, who, of yep. course, is a member of the CFL's Lions. Toronto Argonauts. Now. Oh, the Argos now. That's right, right too. Yeah. signed as a free agent. Yep. But uh, just a terrific young person Nelson Lacombo is. I've had the opportunity to know him through my work with the 
U of S Husky football team, and uh, he's probably going to be the first Husky taken off the board. I believe safety Josh Hagerty might go in the CFL draft okay. uh, as well. And then Riley Borsman down in Regina for the U of R Rams is a number, another name to keep our minds on. You know, there's another interesting name in this draft. It's a tight end, Jake Burt. And right. believe it or not, Jake Burt was born in Regina. And when he was, I believe, three or four years old, his family moved down to Boston and he played university football in Boston. And I guess he's a tight end and he comes in at six foot three, 245 pounds. And that's a name to keep an eye on, too, because you're going to hear Saskatchewan or Regina mention when it comes to Jake Burt. Jake Burt left before he was five, but that's a name to do, uh, also uh, keep, uh, keep an eye on. A lot of people are thinking a receiver by the name of Terrell Jana from West Virginia might go number one in right. this draft. And, of course, it's going to be the uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats that have the first overall pick in this draft. So don't be surprised if Terrell Jana, who's a receiver, is uh, the number one uh, pick overall. And how about the Montreal Alouettes, that Johnny Manziel feel still haunts them. So they don't even get a pick in the top nine. They are number 10. So Hamilton will go one and nine. Montreal's first pick will be at 10. And then after that, number 27. So that's for the Montreal Alouettes. So that's a bit of a tough goal for them, that Johnny Manziel deal still kind of um, costing them a little bit. Some other names. Ben Holadic is a really good player, a linebacker from UBC. They think he might go in the top 10. And Peter DeCastro is an old lineman from the Calgary Dinos that Matt would have seen a lot of, and I did too, with uh, our work with Canada West football. So there's just a few names to keep an eye on tomorrow when it comes to this, uh, this CFL draft. As is Logan Bandy, another offensive Logan lineman Bandy, from yep. the uh, University of Calgary Dinos. I've seen that name tied to the U of S Huskies second overall. Yep. This is the last time the Saskatchewan Rough Riders picked second overall in the CFL draft was back in 2017 when they drafted Cam Judge. Right. And uh, obviously Cam has moved on to other opportunities now, but you could say that that uh, draft selection worked out pretty well for the Riders when he was in the green and white. And the other point from uh, Jake Burt here, the Regina player that went down to Boston, is he actually spent 2020 with the New England Patriots. Yep. Right. So... You think of uh, working out with coaches McDaniel and Belichick there before they before Belichick bolted. Uh, so that's it's going to be a really interesting draft tomorrow to see how these players kind of, um, you know, where they fall. And especially Nelson Lacombe, just because so many sports fans in Saskatoon have seen him play and are so familiar with his brother in the Canadian Football League. Uh, speaking of Canadians in the CFL draft and the CFL, uh, this is kind of more of an NFL note, but there was four Canadians selected in the NFL draft. Yep. That was held last week, and that ties a record for the most Canadians drafted yeah. in the NFL. So uh, an interesting point there. Of course, the NFL draft was held last week. Imagine going from Regina to Boston just from a culture standpoint. Yep, absolutely. Like, what a move. Like, what yep. possesses somebody to move from Regina, Saskatchewan to Boston, Massachusetts? And I know that Jake himself didn't have any say in it because he was super young at the time, but I, I was just, can't get my head around that. And I was reading an article, and again, I think it was my buddy Justin Dunn, the Three Down Nation. They were talking about Jake Burt, and even at a young age, you know, he was moved to Boston, but whenever he'd hear Saskatchewan brought up in a conversation, he would correct those down there as to <laughs> them and how they were mispronouncing the province. He said, I've always had great pride. He uh, draws the similarities between the you know, the passion of the fan base in Boston and Saskatchewan, he's fully aware of it. So, yeah, that's uh, probably what that came down to. One more Boston note, uh, just because we're talking about Boston, Massachusetts. This was a couple months ago, but uh, did you ever end up seeing that thing where Jerome McGinley got interviewed by a local Boston and they had no idea, and they had no who, idea who, he who he was? Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> During a big snowstorm? Jerome McGinley, yeah, he was, uh, I don't know if he was 
I, I didn't actually see the interview, but I, I saw lots on social media about it, about how the, the poor reporter had no idea <laughs> that uh, Jerome McGinley was being interviewed because of a, a torrential blizzard in New England. <laughs> yeah, I'm from Canada, so we're kind of used to this. But yeah, just no idea. No clue. So. Uh, but yeah, the CFL draft is tomorrow, so it'll be interesting to see who the riders take at number two. Shifting gears to hockey. Speaking of Regina, the WHL's East Division hub wrapped up in Regina. Of course, that was all uh, Saskatchewan teams went in Regina to play the bubble style. The Brandon Wheat Kings were the unofficial official winners of the WHL's East Division hubs. They didn't have a playoff or anything like that, but Brandon came away with the most regular season points through the 24-game schedule. The Saskatoon Blades finished Third, 16, 5, 2, and 1. Uh, Winnipeg finished second. Chase Waters has now exhausted his eligibility as a WHL hockey player. Um, Colin Priestner said during the last um, Zoom, post-game Zoom conference, that number 44 would be retired. So it's amazing when you think about what Chase Waters meant to Saskatoon to have basically somebody have his number retired just like that, you know, that quickly after his playing career was over. Well, just, yeah, just a heart and soul guy, yeah. right? And that's what it kind of came down to. And you know who else uh, really showed well was Kyle Krenkovic. He actually led the Blades in scoring yeah. that whole, uh, you know, in the... In 32 the, points in, in the hub, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that was uh, so that was pretty good. So there were some really good showings there from the Saskatoon Blades. But, yeah, what a great move by uh, by Colin Priestner to put that number aside for Chase Waters. That's, uh, that's great. But, yeah, Brandon, 38 points, Winnipeg, 37, and the Blades, 35 in 24 games and you feel bad for some of those players just you know it was great that such an effort went into having those young guys be able to get the opportunity to play this year in the midst of the pandemic 1930 covid tests and zero positive results in the regina hub so that was good that was from uh, march the 5th to april the 14th uh so you know they did what they could they were able to get on the ice a lot of people deserve a lot of credit for those players being able to do what they did when you think of the other cancellations in sports that we have seen, but yet there's also a part of me that we want more, right? We we want playoffs. We want, we want everything. And it's not, you know, again, with the once in a century pandemic, it's such an unusual time. you're, You're happy. Those players got to play, but on the other side of the coin, it's kind of too bad. It's not a traditional season because the window is still only 15 or 16 to 20 years of age. That's it. 280 career games for uh, Chase Waters, all yeah. with the Saskatoon Blades. He's the only three-year captain in team history. So when you look at it that way, I mean, pretty remarkable. You know, you're, yeah. you're, you know, like you said, you play from the age of 16 to 20. Yeah. So he came in and was the Blades captain at 17 and 18 years old, and you know, he kind of was the captain for the Blades when they were rebuilding, and yeah, you know, now it looks like their rebuild is is well off the ground. And of course, yeah. uh, you know, a season unlike any other when you only play 24 games, but. Mitch Love and his crew, I think, might be on to something good. Oh, for sure. Um, with the Saskatoon Blades team. The Central Division of the WHL, the BC Division, and the U.S. Division are all still playing, but they also all had a later start. Yeah. Uh, but back to your point about, you know, the all the negative COVID tests, I think the members from the city of Regina deserve a lot of credit. Oh, too, absolutely. To well, that's on, who, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the people around that team, Stacey Cattell, the chief operating officer, and everybody with the Regina Pats, when you're hosting this, I mean, it's a big responsibility when you talk about how ill we've heard some people get from this pandemic and you come to the realization that you're going to host, these are, you know, I'm not going to use the word boys, but these are young men and you are responsible for their well-being. So, 
you know, a lot of people within the Regina Pats organization, within the city of Regina to have the foresight to keep the players safe and, and everything like that. They do deserve a lot of credit. I would have loved to have seen that hockey take place in Saskatoon at the bigger Saskatoon Center. But you know what? Regina did a, did a great job. They had the, the facility because they had the cooperator center where, you know, the teams can practice. And, and so, yeah, absolutely. Tip of the hat to the, the Queen City for being able to pull that off, for sure. And the bubble was uh, at the University of Regina, too, yeah, right? The hub, dorms yeah. there, the yeah. hub. Yeah. So that was fantastic. So, like you said, hats, hats off to everybody within the WHL that made that happen and the city of Regina as well as the WHL's East Division wraps up once again with Brandon Wheat Kings coming away as the unofficial. I wonder if the Wheat Kings, so if you're the Wheat Kings, do you still get a banner at the Keystone Center? You, you should. technically won the division, right? Yeah, oh, I, I would think so. East yeah. Division champions, twenty-four game uh, or East Division pennant winners. Not East Division champions, but East Division pennant winners. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd be shocked if they didn't. Okay. Why not? Yeah. A lot of banners at the Keystone Center and Brandon. You oh, look at uh, yeah. one of the teams. Uh, you know, Kelly McCrimmon involved or not? Yeah, I mean, that team has just always been a success, yeah. right? So yeah. I got to live in Brandon for a few months, a few years ago, and I was able to catch a few Brandon Wheat Kings games and. I mean, that barn is... But I can guarantee you that life just is not the same in Brandon without Kelly McCrimmon. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) One of the the good guys. You betcha. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. So uh, we are live at Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar, of course, as we always are. And uh, just because the WHL is over, of course, they were hosting every single Saskatoon Blades game. Doesn't mean you cannot come down and watch hockey. The NHL is still going on. And the NHL is kind of just getting started as uh, the regular season is wrapping up and the playoffs are set to begin here in uh, not too far away. So make sure you come on down to Wendell Clark's classic grill and bar on the corner of Circle and Idlewild uh, to watch the NHL. Speaking of the NHL, you will see if you're watching the live stream, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens are behind us. here, 1-1. We got 1-1. We got the uh, red light going on as well. So every time the Leafs score, Ray, every time the Leafs score against your Canadians, you will know because that red light will go off. And since the start of the webcast, they haven't scored. In fact, they've actually been I pulled the ball boat. Right. Oh, I'm only kidding. Right. I, I'm only kidding. So. The Toronto Maple Leafs are the first uh, team in the North Division to clinch a playoff spot. you got to think that Edmonton's not going to be too far behind. Winnipeg and Montreal is probably going to be the top four teams. Ottawa's uh, up on Winnipeg, one nothing with 11.30 to go. I didn't know this till today. Winnipeg lost has lost six in a row. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't the know. Jets are, oh, the Jets yeah. are struggling here a bit. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. They're they're kind of they're running around a little bit. They're not able to kind of get Mark Shifley going as uh, right as they would like. I'm sure. You know. And and there's there's some things going on there. Yep. So one comment from uh, Go Toronto Go. Half, yeah. Absolutely. I agree, Monty. One comment from Dean. Just if we circle back to the WHL uh, hub, the East Div hub was great and pleased to them to pull it off but also great to see all the division playing regardless. And I think everybody's just happy that some yeah. sort of hockey for these kids, men, young men. Oh, for sure. Took place. Yeah, right? it was, yeah, no, it was really good. Yeah. And uh, like I said, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't typical. It wasn't normal, but at least they didn't have to scrub a year. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. they, they got to play some sort of hockey. So that's great. Back to the NHL. Your Leafs have reeled off five in a row. After losing five in a row. After losing and five in a row. And it was funny. It was, uh, I was actually talking with, well, it was uh, my roommate's, dad brought up this point uh the other day the toronto maple leafs have been funny this year because they'll lose five or six games in a row they'll let whether it's winnipeg or edmonton get that close to them right at the top of the north division and then they'll just reel off five wins in a row again and distance themselves from whoever's in second place nine points up on edmonton yeah 
Yeah. So well, that's good. Edmonton yeah. has played 49 points. They are 49 games rather. So they have seven games to go. The uh, Toronto Maple Leafs only have, I think, four or five games to go. Toronto's fifth in the overall standings. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and it's interesting. There's a lot of talk saying that the North Division is the weakest division out of all the divisions in hockey. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. You know, I was having a chat with a friend of mine. We were kind of watching a Jets-Canadiens game. We were texting back and forth. We weren't together, but he said, uh, oh, it might have been Jets-Edmonton. And he was saying, do you think these teams can beat the American teams? Because we're just not seeing the American yeah. teams, right? Yeah. We're just, yeah. We don't get an opportunity to see them. So it's a little bit of a challenge. But right now, you know, the Carolina Hurricanes, they have Alex Nedeljkovic, they have Peter Morazic, and James Reimer. Now, Morazic, is, I think he's only played in nine games, but he's got a 1.6 goals against average right now, which is pretty incredible. But those three goaltenders for Carolina, they are playing very well. So that's interesting to watch uh, uh, as well. And now the Vegas Golden Knights won nine of ten. The Vegas Golden Knights, they're starting to fly again. And again, you've got some guys in that room that have been around a Stanley Cup final, yep. right? They kind of yep. know what it takes. So they are uh, they are playing well. So Carolina's won seven of ten, and Vegas has won nine of ten. And you know we we just don't pay enough attention to what's going on in the other divisions. But it's it's uh, it's really interesting. And what I'm most pleased at is the fact that Columbus has won just once in their last five because <laughs> I'm not a John Tortorella fan. Right. So it has been an absolute free fall for that yeah. team, which. The uh, Edmonton Oilers, we're going to talk about Connor McDavid in a second, are 7-3 and three in their last 10. They take on the Vancouver Canucks tonight. The big question, does Connor McDavid hit 100 points this year? He has 87 points in 49 games. I don't know if I can find this, but apparently he needs something like a I, – I, I can't remember, but uh, the clip he needs to go on to do that He's already done that clip three or four times this year. So it's not out of the question. So it's not out of the question. <laughs> That's at what all, you're saying. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, the, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And you know what? You know, we've seen him play at Sostel Center a couple of times. Uh, John Graham, uh, the promoter that regularly brings the NHL games in, has uh, brought Connor McDavid to, to Saskatoon. And one of the things you notice, especially when you're standing by the glass, every commentator, every friend of mine that covers the Oilers regularly will tell you this. The difference between Connor McDavid and many other hockey players is the fact that he can do things with the puck at a high rate of speed that nobody else can. So there might be guys that have the same sort of moves, but he's doing them four kilometers an hour faster, which is incredible. And that's that's what makes him so, uh, you know, lethal to play against, for sure. The stat that you're looking at comes courtesy of Michael Ball. Uh, right, Michael down, Ball. Down Michael Ball. Regina. Michael, right. Mc, yeah, that's right. Will Michael. McDavid get 100 points this season? This is what he put on Twitter earlier. Well, consider this. Connor needs 13 points in his final seven games. Number 97 has had 13 points in a seven-game stretch 18 times 18 this times this season. That's right. Michael Ball. That's yeah. where I read that. Yeah, yeah. perfect. So, so it is possible. Oh, absolutely it's possible. I haven't looked at Edmonton's schedule down the stretch. I mean, they got Calgary a couple times. I think they have Vancouver a couple times. So okay. It is it is possible. For yeah. sure. They're playing Vancouver again tonight. So yeah. But yeah, playoffs are right the corner in this 56 yeah. game season. One more point I wanted to get your opinion on. Uh not saying that Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews are as good as Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin. But would you agree that McDavid and Matthews are this generation's version? Of Crosby and Ovechkin. Oh, absolutely. you have the one that's just the pure goal scorer, yeah. and then the one that just does everything yep. at a level absolutely. that nobody else can. 
I would say that. And right. not only that, but the other thing I would, would sort of add to that, and it's, it's kind of interesting. So one of the greatest hockey players to ever play this game of hockey was Wayne Gretzky. And he was doing an intermission interview, I think it was either 2012 or 2014, when the uh, LA Kings were in the Stanley Cup Finals uh, around that time. And he was being interviewed, and he said, you know, he said, we have to come to the realization that the players today are better than the players we played with, and the next generation of players will be better, and the next generation of players will be better. And that's just the reality of it. And so when you think about what Matthews and McDavid are doing here for these Canadian teams at this point in time where, you know, the game has evolved, it's changed, the pace of it has changed, uh, you know, Gretzky's time, there was a red line, right? I mean, now there isn't. So the game just moves that much faster. So when you are able to be those two players in a game that's so quick and almost reactionary now and be able to possess the puck like those two players are able to possess it, that's what makes them great. So I have no problem with them being compared to the greats of a decade yeah. or two or right. three ago. No, no issue at all. Assist to uh, Dean because he commented that Cal- or, uh, Edmonton has four straight against Vancouver. So four straight games for oh, okay. Edmonton against Vancouver. Okay, and then you have got Calgary a couple times too. That'll be a, there'll be a McDavid uh, multi-point game in there so, or two. A couple or anyways, right? Or four. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. A couple different athletes are under fire just before we wrap things up uh, for this week's episode of the YXC Sports Podcast. Robin Leonard from the Vegas Golden Knights and LeBron James from the Los Angeles Lakers of the NBA, both for two very different reasons. We'll start with Robin Leonard just because we're talking about hockey and the National Hockey League. Uh, Now, Robin Leonard has been a great advocate for mental health in the past few years, right? Spoke about uh, the tough times he had in Buffalo and how it's okay to seek help and how he went through uh, his personal journey with mental health and getting help with that yep. but uh he spoke out about, about the nhl's covid protocols uh and he claims that whether it was the nhl whether it was the vegas golden knights uh lied to the players about what you can and can't do after you get your covid vaccine yeah so he's come under a little bit of fire for that opinion well, apparently he has said that at least 85% of the players are vaccinated and uh, the league, according to Lanner, the league promised more relaxed protocols if a team has at least 85% of their players vaccinated. And it's a little bit tough now. And, and now to Robin Leonard's credit and to Matt's, you know, point, I mean, he's, uh, he's you know, dealing with, dealing with a lot now. Um, but having said that, I mean, you're. I'm kind of. I was watching this news conference and I was thinking, buddy, you you make a good living. Your team's playing fairly well right now, you know. And just to have him go after the league like that. And by the way, the NHL came out and flatly denied it. They just yeah. said we made no such promise to the players at all. That's um, you know that's that's a little bit tough. And of course, in this day and age, you want to avoid that if you're Robin Leonard, and you want to avoid that if you're the National Hockey League because. Stories just don't come and go anymore. With social media, they're around forever, right? So um, that one's a little bit tough. And then LeBron James was also a little bit frustrated uh, talking about the new play-in format for the NBA. And that's something that just came about this year. Now, he was commenting on this again last night or perhaps was asked about it after a loss. Um, High-level athletes after a loss are never happy people to talk to. It just, you know, when you're an elite athlete, you don't like to lose. And he was asked about this again. So LeBron James said um, if they they finish the season outside the top six, the Lakers will have to play in this new play-in round. 
something LeBron said, whoever came up with this stuff, not the word he used, uh, different F word, needs to be fired. And so, you know, we understand that LeBron James is one of the most looked to players and one of the great players ever. And some would say that he's totally entitled to say whatever he wants to say about the NBA. That's fine. But um, it's interesting that players are kind of uh, challenging their respective leagues head on when they, uh, you know, make a good living play, playing in those leagues. Well, Mark Cuban, owner of the Dallas Mavericks and Luka Doncic, who's, you know, one of the league's best players and by far the best player on the Dallas Dallas Mavericks roster came out and spoke against it yeah. as well. Stephen A. Smith, say what you want about him. Um, just has wild, wild opinions on sports matters on ESPN, yep. but uh, he was talking about it with Max Kellerman, and he has no sympathy for LeBron because LeBron didn't seem to think this was an issue when the Lakers were a top two seed, right? <laughs> right. So that was exactly, Stephen, yeah. And that was Stephen A. Smith, <clears throat> and, yeah. and that's not a bad point either. Yeah, where were right. you when we, you were number two? Right, yeah. but you're right. It could just be emotions were yeah. uh, running high against uh, after a loss against the Raptors team that frankly hasn't played that well uh, this season. However, the Toronto Raptors do find themselves potentially in a spot to play and, in that play. And, and all of that, if you're Laner or if you're LeBron, that's all okay. But, uh, you know, just the thing is, these stories, when you do that, these stories aren't one and done. They are around for a long time. Right, right. The con of social media, yes. Yep. A lot of pros to social media, but a lot of cons to social media as well. That wraps up this week's edition of the YXE Sports Podcast. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. The weather is getting warmer out and about in Saskatoon, so that's good uh, to see. we got fancy new microphones. We do. Look at that. Yeah, media. not the big microphones. Yeah. yeah. So you can see our beautiful faces or our <laughs> ugly faces, whichever <laughs> side of that coin you fall on. And uh, we'll do the same thing next week. So until then, stay safe.